Okay, we're going to begin this story. It's called Bamboozle Arrives and it's taken from 1966. Uh, it's a Room Life Book 2, Boston 1960-1970. It's part of the large chapter entitled The Garage. About this time, Ruth and I had the chance to buy our first boat. Both of us had been sailing for some time before our marriage. Ruth at the local sailing club, crewing for members, and myself at the Sea Scouts. We both loved the activity and heard that the heard at the club that Bamboozle was for sale. Only having heard about the boat second hand, we did not know what to expect. It was love at first sight. In fact, we both liked the boat so much, we still have her, 40 plus years later. Bamboozle is a 14-foot Merlin Rocket-class racing dinghy. Rocket by name and rocket by nature. Built beautifully in clinker ply. This means that the planks overlap each other. The whole boat is finished in varnish, and it still is. Unlike more normal sailing dinghies, the Merlin has side decks that roll down into the boat itself. This feature is unique in the class and makes the boat very comfortable to sail. Seeking for a place to keep her initially, Robert, at the garage my boss, unusually <laughs> agreed to let me store the boat and trailer in some new garage premises he'd obtained just outside the town of Boston. I've turned two pages. Right, here we are. New acquisitions. This brings us on to the further growth of the Robert of Robert's empire. The garage where Bamboozle was kept for a few weeks had been taken over from another local car trader, John Smith's Autos, and it was on the Boardsides Road on Boardsides Road just outside Boston. Uh, one day I'll dare to tell you how the transaction was completed. Nothing was done with his premises during my remaining time with Robert, but he must have seen something beneficial from this deal, as some years later this area became ripe development land. Firestone again. I had by now been appointed at the garage as the official commercial vehicle salesman. This is E.C. Stanwell's, and I was based in on the main in the main ridge garage. Work progressed at the garage with our holding a commercial vehicle fair. I did all the organising. It was very much an uphill struggle to sell comma lorries as the factory production had not managed to keep up with current trends. Heavy vehicles were getting bigger and articulation was taking over from rigid vehicles in heavy categories. Comma, this is the make I was selling, we're just not making these large capacity vehicles, so we had to concentrate on the market left, which was in the four-wheel 16-ton capacity size range. The second obstacle was Comma's own engine. It was brilliant mind, a horizontally opposed six-cylinder arrangement. The unit was relatively small and flat. Additionally, it was a turbocharged two-stroke, in many ways far ahead of its time. This meant that the whole unit had none of the valves that provided the input of fuel and exhaust of the more normal four-stroke internal combustion engines. This two-stroke had a fantastic throaty roar, and folk loved it or hated it. 
we set out our stall at Mainridge and filled the showroom with lorries. Tyres were painted and cabs highly polished, all by me. Invitations went out to every commercial vehicle user in the area and we even managed to persuade Robert to provide continuous coffee and biscuits for our visitors. The whole week before our event was spent touring the area, calling on prospective clients uh, with some of the vehicle selections at our disposal, in fact these are vehicles from the factory, and bookings were taken for demonstration vehicles to be put out on loan. It was very satisfying being able to concentrate on one proper job at last. The visitors. Visitors were steady at first. The, the hours were long, as most guests could only come at the end of their working day. Gratifyingly, interest was created far and wide, as this was the first commercial vehicle event ever in the town. Quite by coincidence, it also brought me news of, news of my next change in direction. The Firestone salesman at the time, Barry Chapman, called in the middle of the week to tell me he had decided to emigrate and his boss, Fred Popham, sent him round to see if I was still interested in working for Firestone. Was I interested? <laughs> this was the big chance of my life, but could I pull it off? Fred explained at our next meeting at his home in Market Raisin that it would be necessary for me to go for an official interview to the Firestone factory Great West Road in Brentford, in London. A date was duly arranged, and I travelled to London in a Hillman Mink 1600 estate car. This actual interview, etc., is covered in another story, but we're covering it just very briefly here. I've never been so nervous, and ever before or ever since. At home, Ruth and I had moved into our first new home at 45 Woodside. I'd spoken to Barry briefly about the job, but never but never approach Fred on the subject of the actual details, just in case it never happened. I only knew that the Firestone job as general line salesman would change our lives. So much depended on this interview. Fred had given his approval, but the factory was awesome. The Art Deco frontage was one of the agricultural masterpieces of its era, a virtual national treasure. After entering the front door and arriving at reception, the rest of the day was a fog. The only thoughts on the journey home were, had it been successful? The idea of continuing, continuing selling commercial vehicles at Stanwell's and ending my life, something like Fred, the previous salesman, with his cigarette-burnt ash-covered waistcoat, was beyond contemplation. During the course of the next week, I somehow contracted German measles. This angry rash appeared on my chest, and the doctor's instructions were quite explicit. Quarantine. No work for a few days, and keep away from the ladies. Our neighbour, living across the road, was Ruth's boss on the orthopaedic ward at the local London Road Hospital. Both he and his wife were great friends. Peter worked shifts with Ruth, so when he was off, Ruth was on. Peter and I went sailing, and after a few days, Fred Popham was on the phone requesting I go to see him at his home. The news was good. I could start with him at Lincoln District Office just as soon as Barry left in two months' time. Celebrations were in order, and in my haste to get home that night 
to share the good news with Ruth, I managed to over-reb that Hillman super-imp and chip some valves. There we are, that's done that little story. Uh, brought to you by Cracker Books, written and read by Keith Sanders. Lots more audio stories to listen to on this Buzzsprout site. As you probably realise by now, all the books we're talking about are available free of charge now as page-flipping books. You can see links on Cracker Books on Facebook. Oh, not to forget, there are over 50 videos to watch also on Keith Sanders' The Short Story Man on YouTube. There we are. Thank you for listening.